Classroom Brew. This is the 195th episode. Huge shout out to our Patreon supporters right now. You'll hear their names at the end of the episode for our Patreon dedication song. This is, it's a weird episode because I just recorded the one from last week, the day before it actually came out. But now here we are, back to back. Well, not Wednesday to Friday. It's Friday right now at about 11 o'clock and my phone is blowing up for some reason because I don't feel like going out right now. But it is what it is. Uh, Get at me. So, (laughs) a sense of normalcy, by the way. Uh, Went to the movies with Katie. We went to see Mortal Kombat, which I had no interest in seeing whatsoever. However, it was a chance to go to the movies. And when I... So Katie went to, she went to like Musical Monday afterward, which I had no interest in going to. Like her, her friends are great. They're awesome, truly. But I just didn't feel like listening to show tunes on a school night when I have a first period the next day. <laughs> but I was, I was walking home after I dropped her off at the place that they were going to go to Musical Monday or whatever it was. And the, the, once I got home, I get out of the car and, you know, we, we got some snacks that we hid into a backpack because we're human beings and everybody does that. And when I was walking home with the, like, I parked my car, got out of my car, I walk over to my apartment, which is like, I don't know, like a half a block away from the street that I park on. And uh, this, this lady, like, goes way over to the other side of the sidewalk as if to panic. And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do with Sour Patch Kids and Milano's? in my hand. The fuck am I going to do? Also, wear your mask. The, uh, uh, a shout out for uh, anyone that listens to, or listens to, reads the show notes. Uh, if you actually check out the show notes, those, we, we post a lot of important information in there. Not just where to contact us, but also like clickable links for you guys, as well as a description of, well, roughly a description of what we do in the episode. So typically we post the, the, the Patreon link. So if you want to get that bonus content, that podcast merch, patreon.com slash classroombrew, or just go in the description on whatever podcast player you're on. We have the Instagram on there, the TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, the email. Everything is in there in addition to like the count of what the episode is. Now, we've been doing the show for close to four years at this point. And if you're not reading the show notes, that's okay. But what you can do to really help us out is if you go into whatever app you're in, let's say it's Apple Podcasts, for example, and you go to Classroom Brew, there are these little stars, these little, there's five purple and depending on your your color scheme, if you do dark mode on your iPhone or whatever. Uh, But if you could hit that rating, or you could even, if if you scroll right below it, there's an option to write a review. And that would seriously help us out especially if we've got to counteract that one asshole that just, what was it, Sam, Sam Boss douchebag, fuckity face, who just was going around uh, hating on anybody that he, he disagreed or she disagreed. Who knows? I'm sure I accidentally said the wrong thing, but regardless, uh, rating and review, that really helps us out in the show. Uh, but let's, uh, let's get into it. So <laughs> you might know if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I teach in a high school, I coach, uh, instructional coach, all this stuff. I'm feeling burnt out this year, but one thing has really brought me some hope. And that is that, so I got a classroom that when I was researching my school, when I got the job offer, I looked on YouTube to try to figure out, well, what's a classroom look like? 
And it actually turns out that the classroom that I got and still am in right now is the one that was featured on this YouTube channel for whatever they were doing with some like lesson study or whatever. Room was in shit condition. Have to like get, I had to find like little drawer handles all over the building to like put them onto my drawers and cabinets and things like that. The ones that were actually unlocked and I could get into and repainting it, fixing some holes in the wall, things like that, like repainting top to bottom, renovating the the desk situation, making it an active class. I've put a lot of time and effort to design and actually renovate this room. But one thing that I've never been able to truly do is one, find these little cabinet drawers that, drawers, doors that can close so that the books and stuff like that are behind closed doors and potentially locked, whatever. That would be a nice detail to get, but not the end of the world, right? But there are still, to this day, after four and a half years of teaching, or four, five, four, whatever, how many years of teaching, doesn't matter. There are still four drawers in my classroom. And by the way, all of them are empty except for like two cabinets and two drawers. But there are four drawers that I do not have access to because they've been locked for God knows how long. And Adam actually, science Adam, he bought a lockpick set, so we're going to try that. But I'm also working with the engineer, so I'm going to pretend like, you know, I actually picked the lock and tell Adam I picked the lock. But really, I'll just be like, no, the engineer actually let me in because we did something. We busted the lock, whatever it was. Anyways, the reason I'm so curious about these locks suddenly, because all the other drawers are empty, just these four, is because I wanted to get into it because I was like, oh, why not? You know, we have a a 50% flex day, whatever it was. I was doing some organization. I'm all about minimalism. I'm trying to make it so that if I had a ditch in two seconds, I could grab everything in one trip, put it in my trunk, and I'm gone forever. But the, these four drawers really started to intrigue me because I, was, I pulled out one of the drawers entirely up on top to see if I could get in from there. You can't. There's plywood in between each drawer, so that, that sucks. But in the way back, and these are built-in drawers for, for context. It's not just like a dresser or something like that. It's built in. And our school is, was built in 1910. I'd imagine there are some renovations that happened, but there were a bunch of papers like shoved like way in the back, like they probably fell over the top of a drawer or something like that. And then over the years, or in this case, decades, really got shoved back there. And they were super yellow. I pulled all of them out, had to use like a yardstick to get back there. And the date on these fucking things, I'm not even kidding when I say this, the dates on these, I have pictures of them because I didn't want to bring them home because nasty. This one is, July 12th, 1974. It's someone writing in beautiful cursive, by the way, about Archimedes. So, all right, interesting there. Uh, the next paper was uh, July 16th, 1975. Holy shit. We have another one from July 21st, 1975. We have uh, someone named Quincy Jimenez, General Science, June 27th, 1975. Had a pretty rough time on that science vocab quiz, but rebounded two days later in the same year in the 70s with a 98% on finding the length, width, height, area, and volume of a cube. Nice job. <laughs> 1975, way long ago. It was kind of cool to, to find all this, like literally about a dozen papers from about the 1974 to 1976 range. It's cool to see that. At one point, there were kids in the building, even if it was decades ago, that actually did their work in our school. So needless to say, I want to find out, maybe I'm going to find something cool, like an old Nintendo 64 or some shit, 
Who fucking knows how long they've been closed? Maybe someone planted this stuff or pretended like it was 1975, but it was actually 2003, and I'm just going to find like some no child left behind bullshit. Who knows? But that's the goal, eventually to get in there, to lie to Adam about picking the lock. Maybe I should, I'm going to actually, I'm going to, he bought a lock pick learning set because apparently he wants to be an amateur sleuth. And now naturally, so do I. So we're going to take up lock picking and see how the fuck it goes. Now, <laughs> the last, last little bit there. Uh, well, we'll, see, we'll just see how, you know what, never mind. We're, we're going to save that. The, the dates were cool. We're going to see how the lock picking goes. We'll get there. This seemed like a great opportunity, though, to, to jump in to our teacher frustrations because that's kind of where my mind is going right now, now that we got the fun stuff taken care of. So this teacher frustrations. Now, I mentioned the fact that our kids aren't doing any of their work. And this isn't me trying to be insensitive to the things they're going through, whatever it may be. I'm seeing a lot of articles about people that haven't had kids log in at all because they don't have access to technology. Our kids do. Every single kid, there's a list. We took track, we kept track of it. They either have a hotspot or Wi-Fi where they were given a hotspot and given Wi-Fi, given two Chromebooks, two, count them, two, not to mention Chance the Rapper gave them an iPad like two years ago, whatever it may be for some of them, and then the year after and the year after. But we are still being blamed for the high quantity of kids that are failing. Now, just to keep track of this, right now, we have four grade categories. We have formative, summative, engagement slash participation, and classwork. We are required to give them at least 45% in classwork and the engagement slash participation. 45% in two categories. I do that in three categories. And then for the summative, I do 15% just to really help them out because some of the kids aren't doing shit. In term four, I switched it. Instead of 45% minimum, I'm giving them 50% minimum. So that way it's still enough, but they're getting some, you know, credit, whatever. Basically, if you were supposed to make $100 if you went to work on a Tuesday and you didn't show up at all, you're getting 50 bucks. That's where we're at. Uh, I'm dropping their lowest three scores. I'm calling, texting the parents, trying to get a hold of them. I'm leveraging coaching. I'm putting all this data in there. I'm, I'm putting this these action plan logs in for the big wigs. And with all due respect, fuck this <laughs> because we're doing all of it. Like we had to write down like the motivational stuff we're doing on a day-to-day basis. And I'm not blaming anyone in my building for this. I'm blaming the network itself or the, the district itself, the chiefs, the big wigs. Because again, with all due respect, our, our network chiefs and the data analysts the data analyst, by the way, that's moving up and on, and we were supposed to be all sad about it. I was like, what the fuck have you com- done or given to us, aside from outdated data where it's like, well, ignore pages four, seven, and then nine through 15 because it's actually, there was something wrong with the system. Be a better data specialist. But of course, rising through the system because that's what happens in CPS. But the, the issue that I'm having is that if the network chiefs, for example, or the, the data specialist, if they received half of their salary for doing zero work, kind of like our kids are doing right now, they would still be richer than any teacher in the room. And I can tell you with absolute certainty that they are not working as hard as any teacher in the building I work in. 
all this data, all this bullshit, all this, hey, cover your ass or let's just check on this and let's waste your time. Even though we have all these logs to see what you're doing, we want you to take two hours each week to tell us what you're doing, even though we should know what you're doing because you're doing it and also you're professionals. All I'm saying is that within all this data, there's no humanity in the conversation. It's only data. And sure, they're using demographics to talk about what they're targeting and, and, and uh, the people that are struggling specifically and trying to get service of people, IEPs, racial, ethnic background, uh, ESL, everything. I understand that, but they're not even referencing that. They're just saying, we want you to go through the data. And right now, the only thing they mention every single time with these data reports is the quantity of kids that are failing. Well, technically, they don't even say the kids that are failing. They're saying the quantity of Fs that teachers are giving. Oopsie. Daisy, fuck you. There's no humanity in it, only data. They don't care that Joe D lost his father to gun violence. They don't care that Naraya Smith, fake names, fake names, by the way, but real stories here, uh, was shot last year. They don't care. They don't know. They don't give a shit. They didn't read the action plans that we put out there that we spent all this time saying, here's an anecdote about the kid, all the intervention we tried for everybody and what's working, what's not working, what help we need, because they don't care. It's all a CYA, a cover your ass. That is my number one teacher frustration from this whole fucking year, which by the way, they should just mercy kill it right now. Because the other thing too is that they want to start next year early to minimize summer lag. Because apparently they think more shit, as long as you get more of it, is going to be just as nutritious as good shit. Oh, you can't eat cereal in the morning? You're only eating shit in the morning instead of your delicious, nutritious cereal? Well, we're going to give you more shit instead of cereal because we think eventually you might get some of the nutrients and vitamins out of said shit. Now... I'm not saying that to diss the whole, we're doing the best we can, truly. It's at the point where we're doing very minimal work, but we're still giving them expectations. I'm not dissing the efforts of the teachers because I am one of them, but it's just not, no one is being truly effective this year, myself included. I've been very candid about that with my kids. I do not feel effective. Normally, I would be rated a highly effective teacher through, through the lovely data that they love to use. But this year? Absolutely not. So why are we for, why? I understand that there's salary related stuff. Great, have us continue to work. We'll do whatever the fuck, but give the kids a bit of a break instead of just taking away another week of their summer, the time they need to actually refresh, to recover, to attend fucking funerals. Again, have some humanity in what's going on. Not just the fake humanity where you pretend like you care and the teachers are the bad guys, but really, we're the ones on the ground. We know their names. We know their struggles. We know what accommodations they need. We know what they're going through. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, on a more lighthearted note, sorry, that's, again, teacher frustrations. It was bound for me to get a little more heated, right? This is the uncut episode, so enjoy it. Um, teacher frustrations. Now, Here's a fun one. We also have people that wrote into Instagram listeners and, and followers on social media that, that wrote in. We'll read those too. But <laughs> right now, we are doing hybrid four days in person, 
and the one day where everyone is remote and it's 50% synchronous and then asynchronous for the other time. Anyways, and the, the, the geniuses, the powers that be decided, you know what would be good right now, now that we're about two weeks into doing this hybrid thing and we have like legitimately 12 kids in the building or sometimes 20 kids in the building out of many hundreds. Let's do a fire drill. Okay, so I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I understand there's safety stuff and shit, but whatever. Okay, let's just break this down. All right. Now, if a kid, I don't know about you, but like if a kid's online and suddenly their teacher that's in the building with the other two kids that are in the classroom with them and the teacher's like, let me be right back. I had to put a sign on my chair on the webcam to literally say BRB fire drill. I'd log the fuck off. You know what I mean? Also, what as the teacher, what are we supposed to like? We are we supposed, should we bring our laptops out in the rain because you decided to do this when it was raining out? What happens to the remote learners? And also, are we going to be expected to fight the fires because we're expected to clean the fucking rooms? <laughs> you know, we got to be the parents. We got to teach the stuff. We got to you know let the network know what we're doing. We got to clean the rooms and shit. We got to. Make sure all of our stuff is accommodated and we're not being assholes and not giving them too much work, but then also meeting the standards and getting them ready for standardized testing. And we got to fight the fires, but also make sure the kids at home have something to do. They're getting their one-on-one attention, their instructional minutes each week. So I don't know. That's like, hey, man, a fire drill during hybrid learning right now doesn't seem necessary. It seems kind of stupid. Let's not do it. And they're like, well, we're doing one. And you're like, okay, so we have no choice in this matter. Oh, don't want to do a fire drill? Well, you're doing one. Get your coat. That's where we're at right now. It went terribly bad. I guarantee you we failed it. I was like, one of, I didn't, none of my kids showed up in person. It's a small class. None of them showed up in person. Big surprise, whatever. But I was the last one out of the building. So I was like, oh, let me just mosey down here. They're counting. Then, you know, what doesn't matter. And uh, they t- some of the security turned around to me and they go, I go, all right, anyone else in the building when you walked out? And I was singing like just a casual, like, did you see anybody? And I was like, no, I didn't see anybody. Like, I also wasn't really paying attention. I'm like, okay, cool, we're clear. And they ended the fire drill. (laughs) So I wasn't even out there for that long. So that's nice, you know, in the rain. But I am not at all the person you should be asking about if the building is clear. Like, did you check with anybody else on the radio? I didn't even, I didn't know. There could have been like a dozen kids still walking out like, well, what the fuck happened? I was just asleep during my online class because my teacher's not here because they're also remote. Why, Why is everyone gone? Then they were the kid that's like, oh, I just got out here. Did I get cut? You guys didn't care if I made it out of the building? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't know. I thought they were just casually asking. I didn't know I was the person that was designed to be the, the final check on whether or not we're clear. So I got to do security, my own class. I don't. I came back and they were like, y'all really had a fire drill, my students? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And I was the last line of defense. <laughs> get me a fire extinguisher. Who knows? <laughs> Anyways, um, all right, so uh, we have some people that from last week that actually wrote in, but we, for the sake of, of time, we had a lot of people that wrote in, but we saved them so that, you know, we weren't just asking every single week. So at Lettering by Melissa writes, students showing up in person two times a week, but then not showing up remotely the other three days. So they're just saying like, oh, hybrid? Fuck that. I'm only going to go in person. <laughs> That's interesting because we have the issue of our district is telling us if a kid opted for in-person four days a week and remote one day a week, if they decide to just take a day off, you can't count their attendance. So naturally, the kids find out about this and they're like, well, fuck that. 
If I can't, if I'm not going to go in person that day, I'm not even going to attend online. And you know what? I don't blame them because they can do shit fucking four or five months after the fact anyways. Who cares? But also, why are we being picky? It doesn't make sense. And there's been some confusion about it, of course. But like, what if, God forbid, love my kids, don't get me wrong, but some of them get into trouble sometimes. So what happens when they're like legally, hey, can you account for this kid attending your class or whatever? And granted, they can attend virtually and not actually be there because we can't require microphones or cameras, whatever. But what if we have to account for their attendance to make sure they weren't part of some fight that happened at the park or, or some, whatever it might, some legal, tr- what happens? This has to be a problem. Maybe I'm going to, Am I going to get fired because I'm pointing out this issue? Because here's the thing. There's a lot of shit that happens in my district that probably is not supposed to be happening. It's probably not legal, but it happens at the highest levels. So who, who fucking knows? Anyway, at uncle.freddy writes, kids are in summer mode and on co-pilot. Uh, autopilot or co-pilot? Because my kids are for sure on autopilot. I'm for sure our kids were on not just some, they were on like spring break hiatus summer break we're talking in like september when the year started it's for sure at the point where it's a struggle just to get him to answer one question what's your favorite color so i'm with you there uh at miss megan lee underscore i want to take a personal day but i don't want to make the sub plans because i'm with you because as you know even with remote learning if you ask a sub that's not a regular we have regular subs in our building too and they're awesome don't get me wrong i'm not talking about them they're amazing but the subs that just come in every so often or you just get a random one or whatever, they don't know how to use Google. They don't know how to or Google Meet and all that stuff. They don't understand why we're online. They usually go on some sort of a rant, some of them racist rants. Yikes. And uh, the kids don't like going in when they're there because the fuck is the sub going to do? It just becomes a, can you, can you be a digital babysitter? And they're like, what's digital? <laughs> they don't know what it is. Um, no, no, but seriously, it's, it's a disaster. And I'm not really a big fan of uh, taking days off because it's more fucking work. Even if you're in person, like you ever try to figure out all the like memos and notes and rules and things like that that you just do on a daily basis and you try to get onto like one sheet for a sub because they won't read past the one sheet because they're lazy as fuck, whatever. There's a lot that we do. And it's at the point now where if I want to take a sub, I've got to put shit away. Because people have walked off with like microphones and shit that I had on my counters. I'm like, I got to lock everything up now in my two cabinets, not the cabinets from 1975, because I don't have access to those, but the cabinets that I had to put my own locks on. So I'm with you. Get it? A sub is way more work, even if it's remote stuff. It's, it's just, it's never going to be a good situation with a sub. I know in some districts, like my, my former coworker, buddy Michael, he said the subs are actually legit and they're going to do lessons and shit like that and they're invested. Our subs don't do that. <laughs> Unless they're one of our, our routine subs that's constantly in the building. If it's just someone from Frontline or, or ESOP or whatever, nine times out of 10, they're not going to do anything. And they're probably, if you listen to the last episode, they're probably going to ask you who the fuck you are in your own Google Meet, in your own classroom, and then not wear a mask as they should because everybody's stupid, because even though the CDC said you don't have to wear it if you're vaccinated, again, vaccinated and outside, some staff members are like, oh, that means I can take it off inside, right? Wrong. Reading comprehension, not their strong suit. So those are our, our many, 
many, many, many, many, many teacher frustrations. There's more, but I don't want to just bore you with my frustrations. Hopefully you have some of them too and you can empathize or sympathize, whatever, the, whatever it is. And uh, if you have some of those of your own that you're like, yeah, I got to tell Ryan right now, you can click on the show notes or you can email me classroombrew at gmail.com or at classroombrew to send me your teacher frustrations. But before we get to uh, your teacher frustrations in future episodes, let's get to this week's Comment Hero of the Week. Welcome to the Comment Hero of the Week. When someone's being an ass in the comment section, but they have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. What's going on is you failed fucking social studies. Or when you see someone call that person out, they are our Comment Hero of the Week. Yeah! Even though some heroes do call out those idiots, remember, don't call out a comment hero in the comment section. You can't fix them, and you can't fix stupid. Our comment hero for this week is, we'll just call him Maddie B. Maddie, Maddie B. I'm not going to rhyme it because I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired, guys. It was a long week. Even with trap, I'm, I'm tired, okay? Now, this is an article. This was posted uh, by the Chicago Tribune saying CPS urged not to use $2 billion in COVID-19 relief toward debt, but rather on direct help for students. Now, I wouldn't put it past the district to say, oh, we got $2 billion and we're probably $6 billion in debt. Let's pay some of that off. And granted, I'm sure they have some sort of legal discretion they can use, whatever it may be. Uh, The union in particular said, uh, we have to say, And we need to have a say on how the money is spent in our schools. They want us to get back to normal, but the reality is our normal is not the same normal. You failed us before the pandemic, and you need to fix those things first. Now, Maddie B is our comment hero because he decided to make it political, even though technically the district is making poor choices about where the money should go. Oh, this is money that should be directly helping the kids, but you used it to pay off the card sharks? Mm, that's probably a problem, Janice. She's not listening. Who cares? Maddie B decided to say, give it directly back to the parents so they can transfer their kids out of CPS and out from under the suffocating control of the CTU. So he starts to insult CPS and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Cool. But then he finds a way to say, oh, it's CTU. I have nothing to say to you because clearly you don't understand what the union is trying to do in Chicago. Everyone says, says like, oh, you're trying to make sure that you guys get your annual raise because it's, it's so incremental and that's all you can get for a raise possibly ever in teaching? Fuck you, you selfish fucks who are underpaid for your master's degrees and PhD. They don't understand that we were literally picketing in October, November, and almost again when the, the pandemic hit to, to fucking get nurses in every school, a librarian or a reading specialist or social services and different programs for that. it was barely about the salary my guy what's your fucking name again nikki b maddie b it's it's like we, <laughs> but again the narrative right now it's like the i forget who posted it but it was like oj running on the highway that meme with all the cops behind him but they labeled it as like teachers and behind it was like angry parents and public hate for teachers and and conferences and meetings and emails and lesson planning and all this shit just being chased Maddie B fits this description of being the fucking public hate. If you want to check out the episode that we did as a video with the green screen and all that stuff, go to bit.ly slash teacher hate 
and I went into detail for about 30 minutes and in video for 28, whatever, however many minutes it was, with green screen stuff to keep it engaging, and it's really packs a punch. So if you want to check that out, because it, it seems like definitely before, during, and, and right, well, it's still during, there was always all this teacher hate, and then we were heroes for a while, and now they're like, oh, fuck y'all teachers again. It doesn't surprise me. I gave it, I was like, give it, I gave it two months. It took two weeks. I was right technically because I was like within two months. So we're good. So Maddie, get fucked. You did great. Listen to the comments hero segment intro because you'll see why you're, you're just don't be an asshole. But please do. I, I don't want to have you as a, a parent if, you're, if your kid's going to go to my school and you're going to be like that, get the fuck out, go to the suburbs, whatever it may be. Is it callous for a teacher to say that? I don't think so. I, I've been, I have restrained myself from the anti-mask parents and, and not said anything when, when they're trying to tell me that it's our fault and all this shit. I've restrained myself from my actual students' parents. I can go ape shit on this Maddie B fucker. You know what I mean? Um, seems like a great opportunity to, to get to our teacher confessions. Since we're talking about, you know, this, like, this you know, stuff where I'm not filtering myself at all. Now, I only have one for this week. So, teacher confession number one. Dear attendance coordinator, that person that was telling the, the hybrid kids that it doesn't need to be all four days in person, like just whatever you can give me, you can do it virtual, in person, it doesn't matter. Even though CPS now said uh, the same thing, but then initially they said, well, no, they have to be in person, otherwise it doesn't count. The person that was telling that information that might have made your job a little bit harder, that was me. I'm not sorry. Let's jump into our, our weird student questions and, and wrap it up for, for this episode. As you know, there is definitely no such thing as a stupid question, especially when you're a classroom teacher teaching students. That said, there are, on quite a few occasions, some very weird student questions. Now, this one I really liked. It's, it's funny that I, I think I mentioned cereal and, and shit at the, the top of the episode for some reason. That's where I went with that bit. But uh, this was a question that I got earlier this week. And it was, did y'all, did y'all ever eat Fruit Loops when y'all younger? <laughs> did y'all ever eat Fruit Loops when y'all younger? I, I have. Yeah. We were talking about uh, the reparations, the, the Burge torture scandal, <laughs> police brutality, and he wants to ask about Fruit Loops. I'm going to see me a Fruit Loops bird. That's where we're at right now. So thank you to student that I can't say your name for obvious reasons. But y- yeah, I've had Fruit Loops, I guess. Nobody else answered it, of course, because it's just like an echo chamber. Like student-led discussions on my eighth period. They're finding out exactly how brutal it is to try to lead a discussion or lead anything or teach anything or do anything online or, or do anything in person with the kids because they're all tapped out and it's not your fault, but it is your fault because the union hates you and the, the district hates you, not the union, and it, it's all your fault. But um, uh, at Rihanna May writes, did you just mean giraffe or are you talking about a fart giraffe? And in parentheses, this student apparently had captions on because her sound wasn't working and, and that's the best the captions could come up with, which I get that. I turn the captions on myself, mostly to make sure I'm not talking for too long at a time before I do a check-in. And uh, I'll check every so often. And I swear, COVID's on the mind of Google's caption, Google Meet's caption reader, because 
I'll just say any word with the k sound and it says COVID like instantly. It never fails. It never fails. So a big shout out. Uh, thank you guys for, for listening to this episode. I think this was a fun one. It really was. This is, it's a Friday. It's 11, 16 at night and I'm probably going to pass the fuck out and maybe get this edited or send it to somebody else, pass it off, whatever it may be. When we get to the 200th episode, we have something really exciting that I've been wanting to do for a long time, but I've had commitment issues and honestly, the, the financial stuff related to it. But since we have the support from our Patreons, we can make that happen. Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, that means you are not a Patreon member because I let them know what it was because they get behind the scenes content, bonus episodes, all that good stuff. The video episodes, of course, and uh, some voting power and all that stuff and their podcast merch. So if you'd like to be a part of that, be in the know, get that awesome merch, show it off on Instagram, get tagged on Instagram, whatever it may be, go to patreon.com slash classroombrew, including if you want to be in the dedication song, because we'll have to do a new one to include more people if we get them. So help out a teacher, content creator, ugh, I hate that phrase, and, uh, and support that. Again, we have a $2, $4, and $7 tier with different levels of benefits. Uh, rate and review whatever app you're listening in, at Classroom Brew on social media and classroombrew at gmail.com. Be nice to a teacher or be nice to yourself or spread the word. Tell a teacher friend about Classroom Brew because this is a podcast where teachers are designed to... Designed. Teachers are meant to, to drink and shoot the shit and just try to make light of it and have some serious moments sometimes, but mostly try to poke fun at it. Have some drinks while we're doing it because if we don't, we're going to burn out even faster than we already have. I'm like a marshmallow at this point. So for all my fellow marshmallows out there that are burnt out from the COVID year, thank you so much for listening. Cheers and class dismissed. Classroom crew on Patreon. Twosies and coasters, shot glasses. Bonus content and voting power. Lish Cromwell from Minnesota has a thousand classrooms. That shit is crazy, but that's Minnesota. Leo Sanchez got a lot of land. He's been on the pod. It was really grand. He's teaching in person during COVID. Sabrina Bachman from Ohio teaches French class, but I don't remember French. Sorry for my teacher who taught me French. You were really cool, but that was years ago. This dude beat cancer. Getting real strong. He posts it on the gram. He's a real bad ass. James Biner. James Biner. That's fucking right. James Biner. Sandy Montoya from California. Lazy Teacher Podcast. That's a bad look. Definitely not lazy. Big time podcast fan. Melinda Bradley, Melinda Bradley, she's from Florida, wore PPE for her staff photo, that's Melinda, Melinda Bradley, Melinda Bradley.
Classroom Brew. Check it out on Patreon.com. 